You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. Coming in at 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the Razor Guide Pack has it all. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. what's up everybody welcome back to the second episode of the nine finger chronicles here on vortex week and today on this episode we are going to be talking about alaska uh, some of the guys from Vortex, and, and three of them specifically that were on this episode, Eric, Mark, and Sawyer from Vortex, I know those guys fairly well. We we get into the logistics, the planning, the preparation, the actual hunt itself um, for this hunt that they went on to Alaska. They, they kind of all powwowed. They said, hey, let's go do a, a really big hunt. Uh, I think originally it was supposed to be a caribou hunt and it eventually turned just, just from a logistics standpoint, it turned into a, a blacktail hunt. And so that's what this episode is about, man. Again, the prep, uh, planning, the prep, the, the food, the logistics, you know, where are they going to get water? How are they going to keep the meat, uh, from spoiling, uh, how, how far of shots their firearms that they took. And so as someone who is an avid hunter, it has always been a dream of mine to go up to Alaska at some point and, and hunt. I have a, I have it on my list right in front of me that I have, it's actually permanent marker on my desk here in my office. <clears throat> and it is mule deer. I still have not shot a mule deer. I want to shoot a mule deer. Elk. I have not shot an elk. I want to shoot an elk. Moose and caribou and pronghorn. Those are my five bucket list animals at this point. And, you know, maybe I'll get them, maybe I won't. But Alaska is, is you know, when, when you start talking about hunting, Alaska is, it's almost like that final frontier for an adventure style hunt. I mean, I would love to float down a river in Alaska and during the moose rut and find a, find a gigantic bull moose and shoot it with a bow. Same thing uh, in, you know, I'm, I'm collecting preference points right now for Wyoming and I really want to, <laughs> to get up there and have some kind of epic adventure hunt. Uh, for elk. I want to go to the prairie. I want to shoot pronghorn. I want to shoot mule deer and, uh, and, and so, and caribou. And I think caribou, I mean, as long as they stay off the endangered species lists, I should be able to accomplish that before I die. Who knows how I'm going to do that? Some of these, uh, hunts, 
especially if you go into Canada, they require you to have a guide or, or go through an outfitter. So now we're talking thousands, tens of thousands of dollars in some cases. And I, I got to figure out how I can justify that uh, because it's not cheap if you want to accomplish those, those kind of goals. Now you can go to Alaska where you're a non-resident, but you're still a United States resident and they have a little bit different rules and regulations there. But uh, I would love to get, get up there at some point in my life, if not just to visit and, and check out the scenery that is Alaska. I mean, it's so big and it's so vast and the stories that I hear from there are just like it's uh, it's definitely a place you want to go visit at some point in your life. So I'm looking forward to hopefully someday going and doing that. This podcast itself is a, a really good storytelling opportunity uh, where three guys, it was more than three guys, but uh, in this case, the three guys who are recording this episode, uh, they share this story and it's a good one. So Uh, I appreciate everybody over at Vortex for taking time out of their busy schedule to host me once again, to uh, let me play on their softball team, to take me out for dinner. And uh, I really, I really do appreciate the relationship that I have with Vortex and uh, I, I, I love their products and I love the people. And I say that, I say that all the time. So commercials though, today, here's our commercials. I'm going to start the beginning here real quick if you're looking for a habitat tool you got to go to woodmanspal.com and check out the original one-of-a-kind land management slash survival tool that's what they're calling it land management and a survival tool it looks kind of like a machete it's got a, a hook on the end of it it comes with a variety of different handles that you can choose from but it's kind of rooted in military tradition since World War II. I believe the company has been around since 1941. And it is, here's, I'm just kind of reading a bullet point here, expertly handcrafted in, in the United States of America. So it's been around since 1941 and it's made in America. And so some of the best material around um, go check out the woodmanspal.com. I'm, I've, I feel like I'm going to keep one. The guy sent me two of them. One I used to chop firewood, like splinter off firewood. The other one I used to, uh, I'm going to keep in my truck and I'm going to use it and maybe keep it in my pack when I'm doing some running and gunning and things like that. So uh, go check out the uh, woodmanspal.com. Next on the list is Huntworth. Now, the, I say that I've said this every time I've done a commercial, uh, and it's this is what the company themselves is telling me. Now, you, everybody knows who the elite camo brands are in the in this industry, right? The big dogs. But here at Huntworth, you're getting, and this is a quote from the company: eighty-five to ninety percent of the quality of one of the elite brands for fifty percent of the price. And what that means is your your dollar is going a much is going much further with the purchase of Huntworth camo. It's very well built. The materials that they use and how they construct the the garments are are, are fantastic. I have a box full of stuff that they sent me and I cannot wait to use it this fall because I can, I, you know, you can just look at something and you can go quality. Some things in life you can't do that, but the, the Huntworth side of things you can. So what I'm going to say is 
go to huntworthgear.com, check out their selections, check out their heat boost technology, check out the variety of patterns that they offer and uh, read up on the company and take a look at the products. And if you're interested in a discount code, uh, I believe I have a discount code floating around somewhere. Uh, just hit me up with a DM in uh, Instagram and I'll share that with you. So uh, uh, there's that, uh, Huntworth huntworthgear.com last on on the list and one of the products that i'm looking the most forward to using is going to be code blue sense now um in the past i really haven't been a uh kind of like a, a a mock scrape guy i haven't used drag rags i mean right when i started out hunting you know in the mid 90s i used to when i was like a teenager or uh, you know, 12, 13 years old, I, I, I did some drag rag type stuff. Kind of went away from that. But the more I keep hearing about mock scrapes, the more I get interested in how they, they work, how deer use them as a communication tool, how you can maybe find success over that, uh, hunting over a mock scrape especially if you do it at the right time of year. Uh, you can get intel from trail cameras over that. So my goal really though is to, to try to get an inventory of the bucks that are in an area, right? That's the goal. Put that in front of a trail camera. And when I go check the trail camera, that should tell me what deer are in the area. And so I'm really looking forward to using the, the mock scrape rope-a-dope uh, by Code Blue. I got a couple of them coming and I'm going to set those out uh, probably in mm, early September at some point, try to get it uh, a real good setup going, put trail camera in front, front of it and just see what kind of shows up. So looking forward to that. Now at the same time, these guys have cover scents. They have real authentic urine that is like one deer per bottle. So it's not a blend. It's one deer per bottle. And then they also have synthetic scents as well, uh, including accessories and, and, and a apparel so go check out codebluesense.com and i do have a 20 percent discount code and that is nfc20 and that's going to save you 20 percent off so go check that out we're done with commercials um again huge shout out to vortex if you haven't already go check out vortexoptics.com on their entire lineup of optics um yeah, like their VIP warranty, just the company in general is awesome. Uh, huge shout out to Sawyer, Mark, and Eric for taking time out of their day to hop on. And if you like the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, man, go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast and give it a five-star review. I would really appreciate that. Meanwhile, follow, follow along on Instagram, man. I put a ton of content out there as well. And uh, let's just say good vibes in, good vibes out, and we'll talk to you next time. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, go ahead whenever you're ready. <laughs> I appreciate it. We're recording. Oh, great. Um, this is how I want to start this uh, episode off, and it was leading into the conversation that maybe did get recorded. I'm not sure. But uh, how long after a tragedy can you then make fun of it using, like, stand-up comedy can start doing jokes about it? Yeah. That's a fair question. Oh, so stand-up, I was going to say audience-dependent, but stand-up comedy. It's like stand-up comedy, like a stand-up comic, there's a tragedy, or yeah. even us, to joke about it. Part, At some point, there's it, it can go from serious to, okay, it's time to joke. We can yeah. joke about it. Part of it depends on who's involved. Mm -hmm. Yes? Context Shh. is yeah. many layers of context. Yeah. 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 Yep. 
what the tragedy actually is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think the personal connection of the person to it. Yeah. I think specifically with comedians, you see a lot of people like, well, I can joke about this. It happened to me. Yeah. Or like, yeah, but also like, like how, how, how funny is it though? Like that would be that would be like. Well, I know guys that can make anything funny. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd say just hit, hit the go button, especially if you know your audience. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm on the I lean towards like full send. Okay. I, I would even yeah. go as far strike as while the iron's hot. Yeah. Exactly, I would go as far <laughs> to say. Now, some people might not agree with this. They're probably really sensitive. Uh, maybe sooner is better. Sooner. Maybe it's it's oh, gonna yeah. have first more past sh- the post, man. More shock the, factor, yeah. like yeah. oh my, you know, it's gonna have a pretty high impact. If there. if Shocking the off. if the person telling the joke is it like, there's obviously different levels of, hey, I'm I'm directly connected to this, or I'm secondary or third from the actual tragedy. If yeah. you're if you're number one, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I say. Oh yeah, right. So yep, yep. Cool, I in, cool I, intro. I, I think yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I mean, we either we either got the audience hooked at this point, or they're just like running away. <laughs> I just avoided answering completely. So that was that was good for me. Yep, you dodged. Yep, yep, deflected. It's fair. Uh, I'm gonna throw one more thing out there. Okay. Yep. Oftentimes, if not most of the time, funny isn't nice. Exactly. No, so, never. Never. Exactly. And if you look at it within the context of this is meant, let's let's uh, let's check the. Uh, you know, what's the intention here? The intention yeah. is to be funny. It's yeah. not to be mean. Yeah. Yep. Name a good, clean comic. I can't. No. Right. I can't. Right. I I instantly, after my finger got chopped off, I instantly started making jokes about oh, it. Oh, yeah. What's the... Uh, so did we. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See? It's perfect. <laughs> there it is. That's how Case it works. Case in point. <laughs> so the the man stays quiet for the whole conversation yeah. and just drops a bomb just like that. Just one, one liner. Works. Mike drop, walk away. Yeah. You can leave early now if you want. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd like to stay now. Yeah. <laughs> I can't put my finger on it, but that was funny. <laughs> Man, you get a comment like that, I'd have given him the finger. Oh, you sons of bitches. <laughs> um, softball is our next topic of conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and so I got invited to this, and when Graham invited me, I got pretty jacked up about it. I'm not going to lie. Because I hadn't played slow p- slow pitch softball for quite some time, and I was very happy that I got to be that uh, that I was able to partake in that. Um, Eric, you you take that very seriously. I do. Yeah. What did you think about your pitcher last night? Our pitcher. Yep. Our pitcher yeah. was solid. Solid. Yeah. 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 Hammer the strike zone. Make the batter. Force the batter to swing the bat. Yep. Let them put the ball in play. Let the yep. fielders do the work. Yeah, they definitely put the ball in play. Yep, they yep. did. They did. Yep. Is the pitcher? <laughs> where is this? Where is this going? Is the, <laughs> where is this going? Is the pitcher in the room right now? <laughs> pitcher yeah. is in the room. You did good. Hey, I tried to get Cooper to talk trash on you in the earlier podcast we recorded, and he did not. Same with Mark. He did not. I'm looking for ratings here, right? So I'm looking for because I was gonna bring that audio back to you, and then hopefully you would. Talk trash on those guys. Oh God, that, blackmail. Yeah, uh, that's what I was looking for, but nobody did. No trash to talk. No, there Dan. was no trash. You did an excellent job. What would what would I, what would I, what would I have said? I don't know. I don't I know. Mean, what you did a fine I mean, job. hey, we're we're talking about pitching stats. Yeah. If we're talking about putting the bat on the ball, I have other thoughts on that. 
On who? On but who? just the team in general. We need to be hitting the batting cages. Yep. I, yeah. I it's it's velvet season. I'd yep. like some deer antler velvet extract up mm-hmm. in here. Mm-hmm. I think we could be using some performance enhancing supplements. I will say this, you know, talking speaking to I'm not okay, I'm not insinuating. Oh, you're insinuating. But I think part of the invite for you to come play softball, Dan, has to do with your biceps. It was a consultation. We we wanted we, we saw a picture to. of those arms, and we s- they said we need this guy mm-hmm. putting yep. bats my, on the ball. My my contact said I won't start seeing results from the cycles until like the third, the back half of the season, third trimester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We've been microdosing. We need to be macrodosing. Yeah. What are you dosing? Like chicken, or are you dosing just straight steroids, or are you, like even like Mexico type stuff where you don't even know what it is. It just says big muscles in Spanish on the bottle. All of the above. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And your guys' results so far? I would give it a C. Yep. Okay. And and actually some sort of fish paralyzer. Yeah. 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 I don't I yeah, I can't sleep. I've read anymore. studies on that. Yeah. You ever see that Saturday Night Live sketch, the all drug Olympics? <laughs> <laughs> or a, South Park. What it's a pretty good one. I don't want to go there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Eric. Yep. Mark. Sawyer. It's a pleasure to be back here in uh, Vortex Nation. Uh, thank you guys for letting me use this facility again. Uh, thanks for the softball invite. Thanks, thanks for the beers last night. I have a case of spotted cow in my truck right now that I am taking back to Iowa. And slowly, when I mean slowly, it'll probably be two days, I'll drink it. And, and and I'll be thinking about you guys. I was just going to say, just think of us. Yep. When you yeah. Please. I will. Yes. I will. Yep. Okay. One word. Alaska. You guys went on an Alaska trip. I need to know whose idea was it and how did it get started? Well, it came from uh, our buddy Brad originally. It started as a caribou trip. Okay. And then as things went from idea to reality, we realized we had too many people and the logistics of a caribou hunt weren't going to work like you three or because it was the intention was to bring camera guys as well right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and when you say caribou that's an expensive hunt it can be it can be it can be okay yes and so how did it switch from caribou to what you guys ended up doing well we were going to have a total of seven people Okay. So early conversations with the pilot we were looking at for the caribou trip was like, can't do it. Yeah. So then it was kind of like, well, what can we do? And that's where it switched to blacktail. Okay. And yeah. that just became much more manageable from a logistics standpoint. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's like a lot of folks for darn near any Alaska trip. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it even impacted the number. So I wouldn't trade the number of people because that's yeah. a big part of what made the hunt the hunt um and we're trying to you know get some some cool content out of it which i'd say we did who would you have gotten rid of uh that's not where i'm going that's not where i'm going with this but i'm saying it also impacted where we landed on that hunt because we were trying to get into a lake but then the pilot was like hey that's a lot of guys to get in and out of a lake you know weather windows things like that so could have got into that lake so who's out i guess i wouldn't trade where we landed for the world right now. What about who we landed with? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make any cuts right now. <laughs> I feel like you're asking me to kill somebody. Well, well if you 
you were going to Hey, do if things that. go wrong out in the backcountry and the pilot doesn't show up and there's a, a nasty snowstorm, I mean, you guys had to think about things Who's like getting that. eaten? Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be one person that gets it first. I keep my cards close to the vest. Okay. Mm. My answer was Mark. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. Keep them around for bear bait. <laughs> yeah. And so it switched to seven dudes getting flown in uh, on a blacktail hunt. Uh, obviously, this is a, a big undertaking. Talk, talk to me about the logistics, like what gear you guys did, the research that you guys did. This isn't a small, hey, we're going to go 10 miles down the road to some public type deal. I mean, it was for, for, all, for Sawyer and I. It was our first time ever doing anything like this. Mm -hmm. You know, have some out-of-state hunting experience, but nothing to this degree where we're, you're actually flying in, yeah. and then you're truly just dropped. And uh, so there was a lot of, you know, evaluating gear lists, looking at, at, at uh, you know, the things that we needed. The biggest thing, I think, for all of us, I'd be curious what you guys think, that I didn't expect was food. Mm -hmm. how much weight that takes or how much weight that is and how much space it takes up. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I remember in the weeks leading up, um, we actually had like our first initial, like where we started like packing food and whatnot, just dividing stuff up, putting it just not even in a backpack yet, but just in, in a uh, big, you know, like shopping bags, we could then bring it back to the house. I'm like, God, this is a lot of food. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many fit this in a backpack. And I mean, you don't really un until you really actually start messing with that. I probably packed and unpacked my backpack five or six times yeah. before the trip just to figure out what was going to work, where food was going to go, where gear was going to go. How was I going to lay it out in a way where I'm not rifling through everything just to get to that one headlamp that I need or puffy jacket that I need. Yeah. So organizing stuff was, I would say almost as challenging, if not more challenging than actually like figuring out what we needed. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Was How many days was this? How many days? Oh hunt? man. I think we had planned for five hunt days. Yep. Not including fly in, fly out or fly into the field, fly out of the field. So like five hunt days. Okay. So, and then two days of travel. Yeah. Oh, well, man, actually, up, really, right four, really four days of travel. Right. I'm, I'm talking about once you get to Alaska, yep. it's a day to fly. And then there are there rules that say once you fly in, you have to wait 24 hours or something? I don't know for sure on this. We didn't do it either way. But uh, Blacktail, I think you can. I Black, think you can, too. Blacktails yeah. are a caveat to that. You can. can. You can same-day hunt fly for Blacktails, so which is not, like you said, Pretty much everything else, that's that's a no-go. You can't hunt right. that same day. But Okay. So we flew in on the 23rd of, of August, yep. and we flew out on the – oh, let's see here – on the 27th. Okay. And uh, I, I, the other thing I'd say – Late in the day on the 27th. Mm -hmm. So it was like full – we flew in early on the 23rd, late on the 27th. I'd say for planning purposes, too, like, that was, in my opinion, like, the bare minimum. Like, everybody's got schedules, everybody's got family, we've got work. But, yeah. like, for an Alaska hunt with potential weather, like... Five full hunt we, days. Five full hunt days is about the minimum. Yeah. Um, and we got luck. I mean, we definitely had, and we'll probably get there, we had some gnarly weather at times. But, <laughs> like, 
that's planning for everything to go perfect. Like you get to Kodiak, you get out the day that you're supposed to go. Cause like oftentimes you're, you might not fly that day. I mean, heck there's times. And I think it happened even like right before we got there, the, and it happened when my brother and I hunted Kodiak. I, really, this has happened twice to me now in a good way by the skin of my teeth. But big planes didn't get in the day before. So we're talking, you know, three sevens are not getting into Kodiak from wherever. You know what I mean? So there's, there's, the weather is definitely a strong variable there. And it could, I guess where I'm saying it's good to pad your hunt with some time if you right. can. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we had way more dates allocated than the days that we ended up being in the field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a lot of buffer on the front and back end in case something went south somewhere in there. Yeah. So, so food. Uh, I always find that when I hunt, I, I like especially on a, a hunt where I'm just physically walking up and down. Maybe it's even not just terrain, but just being exposed other than sitting in my house. I'm eating more, but when I'm packing for, let's say, three days or five days, in a tent type situation where I'm setting up a base camp, I'm always almost like at a, at a, a calorie deficit. At oh that yeah. Point. Did, For sure. Did you guys like, did you guys have it figured out of from a weight standpoint, how much each of you got each seven people got, or was it a total? Like the plane can hold this much, not an ounce more. I think it was that where the, I, and I can't remember what the weight limit was. And I know we all kind of did it a little bit differently, which was actually kind of cool. You know, like, I mean, Mark, I just know, cause you and I hunted together the whole trip, like the amount of gear that Mark brought up in terms of like clothing and food was way, way more than what I brought. Yeah. But then I brought stuff like a, uh, uh, little like folding portable, like cot. Mm-hmm. And Mark didn't bring that, you yeah. know, and brought that obviously up into the spike camp and then left it at spike camp, um, you know, it, once we got up there, but ended up not, like not that wasn't practical. Yeah. You know, you're you're camping on like bog type stuff. So that just isn't going to work. But that's just one example. Of like you brought some luxuries where I'm like, no, I'll bring more food. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And that's where it really gets real, too, before you get on the plane. Like you're walking down to that dock, and before you do anything, they hand you a cart and say, put your bag in it. We got to weigh it. Yep. And if you're overweight, like you're overweight. There's, there's no like yeah. noodling the, you can do on that. Like something's coming out. Yeah. yeah. The plane, The planes we were on – where definitely you had, you know, a little more leeway than, like, if you're flying in, like, on a Super Cub. You'd, you'd be more – we would have been definitely cutting more weight yeah. had we been, you know, coming it in somewhere. Um, De- definitely. But I, I still remember, like, that night before we got on, on the small plane, you know, to, to the float plane to fly in. I, like, the stress in the hotel – that night of like going in and like everyone's rifling through their gear again just doing final final just doing final ch- i mean you could have like cut the tension with a knife yep. easily that was by far the most stressful part of the trip well, for me because you're like okay yep this is what i'm wearing yeah and these clothes are out yep this is going back in the yeah i mean do i have you know because as soon as you get there and as soon as that plane leaves it's like goodbye i have this and anything that is not here I don't have, yeah. and you're not getting it. And from a food standpoint, like you cannot start a fire, like that—that that is not a thing. Yeah. Like oh, so it's all gas. Uh, yeah. C- cooking stoves. Yeah. Okay. There's no wood to burn, and then everything we talked about this was soaked, absolutely soaked. Yeah. And you know from rain. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, was water an issue, or did you guys pack that in as well? We did not pack it in. We filtered in the field. So um, that was that was interesting though. A couple interesting yeah. things there. So you know, this particular year, mm-hmm. which Kodiak is just wet in general. Yeah. But I think they had like record rain really up until of course it was raining the, for our first day in the field too but like up until like even by kodiak standards it was Just. like they had been getting pounded non-stop yeah. so like water water everywhere yeah coming out of every you know little like uh, it, there was just water, you know, there were waterfalls coming off the mountain, but it was very interesting. The day that we showed up, we get there and we're like talking about how, oh my gosh, this island is just oozing with water. There's yeah. water everywhere. You know, I mean, you're looking up from, from the beach, you look up and you're looking at like a waterfall coming off the, the hill. Mm-hmm. And, but then interestingly enough, the last day, even despite all this crazy rain that we had. That we got during the hunt. That we got during the hunt. We get back down to like low camp, which is down at the beach where we had flown in, where we were getting picked up and dropped off. Um, there was a very prominent, I mean, to the point, I mean, it was probably like five, six feet wide, uh, rushing water. I mean, you couldn't even hear over this thing. Raging. Raging little like waterfall that's coming off the hill. On the last day, that thing was dry as a bone. Not Not as much as a like there puddle there wasn't a a, like you said a puddle a trickle and we had come out that we're kind of getting towards the end but yeah so i don't want yeah we'll but anyway back up and i planned on getting i i didn't pack some water i'm like i'll just get some right when we get there like i'm you know i don't want to carry the weight Mm -hmm. and then we get there and i'm like there is no water coming out and i i was like dude i'm i gotta know and i hiked up and it was super thick and gnarly and choked with alders so i probably only went like 150 200 yards yeah there, there wasn't water again, and it was like a, um, like an established stream bed too. Like yeah. it was River Rock established stream bed. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that was, that really <sighs> made me think, and it made me think on future trips too. Like I said, we're kind of getting towards the end, but like yeah. if you were to go do that again, I'm not sure up top there's water where we were getting water for the whole week. So we should talk about that on how we got water up top. Yeah, because that, that was interesting for me. For sure. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, we when you look at that on a map, it's not like uh, you can just look at it and pinpoint a pond. No. You know, I mean, we were, you get up in this stuff and it's all tall grass, tundra type, uh, you know, boggy type vegetation. It's just, yeah, like, you know, Kodiak alpine type. Yeah. You know, kind of muskeggy in a way. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. And we're walking around in, in, the, in that this, like, alpine stuff and all of a sudden you just hear you know, like what sounds like flowing water. And it wasn't like something that you could see. You had to like peel back the grass and you find this little, I mean, tiny, probably 18 inches wide, little like stream just running down the hill. And that's what we had gotten water out of. Then all week long, we just kept going back to that spot. And, uh, I mean, just like the clearest water you could mm-hmm. imagine. Cold. Co- yeah. Ice cold. Yeah. Tasted so good. Yeah, it had a different flavor to it. Like it's something like I can't. I I would describe it as like super pure, but like just like a earthy. Like I, I was gonna <laughs> use the same word. It yeah. was er, it was earthy. Yeah. yeah, But it was just so good though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely not in like a bad like dirty way at all. No, I mean yeah. you'd like you could dip your Nalgene in there and like I mean there's no floaties in it at all. I mean, well, it was, and Brad and Jason, that's what they did. Like we were stereopinion because I've got a fear of getting. Giardia or and some other waterborne illness. They're like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you figured out water. 
Um, when you guys got there, I mean, was the wildlife there instantly, or did you have to go look for it? We saw deer off the beach. Yeah. Saw bears off the beach. Yeah. Like, from where we landed. Like, yeah. I'd say we had a decent that that first day. You know, we we land and we tried getting up. We saw deer on our way getting up. We got cliffed out. Had to go back down to the beach to spend the night because there was just no getting up the the path mm-hmm. that we were taking. Mm-hmm. And all through that up and down, we're seeing deer. Once we get back down to the beach, like you said, Mark, you're seeing deer again from the beach up on the other side of this little bay that we had flown into. Yeah. Um. Actually, even you, a, ma- you made an attempt on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a nice buck up there mm-hmm. and got fairly close. Like you guys were saying, it's like potentially within range, but just the way that hill laid, I didn't even see the deer. You yeah. know, and I actually never got eyes on those deer. And I, yeah, I think right off the beach too. The other thing that was pretty crazy is obviously we saw bears mm-hmm. in the flesh walking uh, along the beach, but then you see these trails. And, like, everyone's seen a deer trail, right? Like, you, even in tall grass, you're like, yeah, deer trail. My brain for, like, one second was like, wow, that's a big deer trail. <laughs> yeah. And then five seconds later, I was like, oh, God. That's not a deer that's trail. That's not a deer trail. Like, yeah. just the most pronounced, like, wide, mm-hmm. crazy. Just to, it just gives you some scale for how big those animals are that you can see it from that distance and just, like, how pronounced yeah. it is. D- did, so, I've hunted in black bear country several several times but have you guys hunted in danger bear area before this first time for you first First time time for you not for you though right i i have uh, i've hunted kodiak one other time um and then i guess some montana stuff where you might encounter some grizzlies and then I've, i've i've fished alaska a fair amount encountered some bears that way too but yeah they're they're I mean, all bears, but yeah. Were you guys all packing sidearms then? Yeah, mm-hmm. you guys were. I was not. Yep. Bear I, spray. Bear spray. Yeah. yeah. I thought yep. you, had a, you didn't bring your pistol. Didn't have a pistol. I thought you did. Nope. Nope. And so, any other any other like bear precautions that you guys had to go through on a daily basis? Fence. Fence. Fence for low camp. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I'm shocked that I mean that like when you set up those fences, you're like electric. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it's one of those like like mobile fences mm-hmm. that you take with you, you pack in, mm-hmm. and you, when you're setting that thing up, you're like, "There's no way this is gonna keep anything out." I mean, oh I, yeah. I mean, it's it appears like twine that is, you know, quotation mark electro. It's electrified by batteries. Yeah, yeah. And like you guys mentioned, the very first night where we actually did have to spend the night on the beach, we saw a sow and three cubs coming. If they would have continued on their like trajectory, they would have came around the rim of the bay that we were camped on. Mm-hmm. They were on the exact opposite side of the water, um, and ended up kind of going back in behind this like, uh, you know, little like waterway that goes up into the into the hill. Just a little bit different drainage across the bay, but like. But they were on that trajectory to come our way. Oh, I I was like certain they were just going to round the bay right to yes. us. And one other fun fact too, as we were looking at the map of where to get flown in. Um, like where we got flown in was on the outer edge, like close to the ocean, mm-hmm. but you can get further back and it holds water back there. And the pilot wouldn't go that far because of bears. He's afraid to land an airplane because of bears. I think he didn't want us like essentially camp. establishing our low camp. Yeah. Back right. there. He's yeah. like, that's not a good idea for you right. guys to be back. Yeah. There. Right. Well, at least he said some. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. 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 
circling back to the food thing too, because like actually, I, I mean, it's maybe not, it seems like it's not the most interesting thing, but it's actually the thing that I struggle with, like almost dialing in the most yeah. out of my kit, just because I've done like some backcountry stuff, but it's just always like, okay, so how how many cal- so anyway, like I'm like an overpacker of like from a I, I'd say like a calorie perspective, mm-hmm. but then I never. I never eat even close to what I pack. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's one thing that I'm trying to get better and at. And I was like the exact opposite. On the last day, like coming out, I had nothing left. I had like trail mix. Oh, I had a bunch. Yeah. Well, and Brad said, he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I intentionally try. He's like, I don't know why I, I try to challenge myself. But he's like, I was basically out of food. And I'm like, oh, Brad, you should, you know, you should have just said something. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dumb and dumber. Yeah. Oh, I got two d- pairs of gloves. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Brad, this is Alaska. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, did inside of this electric fence, then did you keep your food in there, or did you have a secondary area for food? That was extra food. We kept that in there. Yeah, yeah we kept some extra food okay. within that fence. Um, and I but will. That, s- that fence stayed down at low camp then, and well, it actually didn't come up to high camp with us. Well, it tried to the first time. Yeah. So the first day up, I packed the. Uh, one of the bear fences that was, I think it was about, I think they're about three pounds total, which okay. is like not insane, but still like pretty significant weight penalty. And they're awkward. And they're awkward. They take up some space. And so we made that attempt up. And like Eric said, we kind of got cliffed out. We kind of hit this like crevasse that cut through the mountain and it was just like impassable. Like you just yeah. weren't, you weren't going to get across it. Right. Yeah. So then when we went down to low camp, you know, we're talking about like finalizing gear in the hotel. Yeah. Like that was like my second final final. I'm like, because that was a steep, hard hike up there. I'm like, eh, there probably won't be too many bears up high. Bear fence can go. I mean, I I dropped a little bit of kit at the bottom that yeah. I attempted to go up with the first time. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so um, you guys mentioned you were seeing deer. What is what are what are the rules and regs for this the hunt that you guys were on? I mean, I'd say at press time, you know, when we went. Um, like it was a rifle hunt. It was right? a rifle hunt. Yep. yep. Any weapon hunt. Any, any, any weapon, weapon hunt, though. So you okay. could be bow hunting. Um, you know, opportunity to potentially shoot multiple deer. You have to buy a locking <laughs> tag for each deer up until, you know, you have to buy a separate locking tag for, for each deer. I think, don't quote me. I know we all had two tags. I think you could have had you three. You could have had three. Could have had yep. three. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, but we all had two. But we all had two. And that's, I mean, that's kind of a the bones of it i guess yeah, yeah. Yep. was there over a, the counter yep yeah, yeah. so there's affordable enu- yeah and so there is enough uh game enough blacktail on this island to say hey a hunter can come in and hunt over the counter tag uh what seems like unlimited well since we've been there they have reduced them i believe it is they yeah. reduced it to now it's one deer per non-resident yep. yeah so and that's just in the last that was year us. That, we did that <laughs> oh, I, I heard that i heard that yeah. um certain people or i guess residents of that island complained saying that there was too much plane and boat traffic dropping off hunters and they didn't like it which is a common thread be it alaska yeah nebraska south dakota mm-hmm. um iowa for for their whitetail tag i mean that is a common thread everywhere yeah. right now so like if, if someone is listening to this and you have even just the slightest bit of interest in doing this hunt specifically 
It's like, do Get it. Get on it. Do it. Yep. For yep. sure. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't let, you know, a limitation on tags, like, affect your desire for no. the experience. One so is plenty. At all. <laughs> yeah. One, one's plenty. Yeah. Right. From a logistics standpoint, like, mm-hmm. one is plenty. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, the game's there. Like, what? what's the strategy at this point? I mean, you, you'd been there before, but you two had not. So, I... I'd been to a different part of the island. I'd say, like, one thing that was, like, you know, you kind of get maybe, like, a little bit nervous about because it's, like, an unknown, but it's also, like, super exciting is none of us had been to this location before. Right. right. So, um, just, you know, just those unknowns, I guess. Yeah. Fr- from a strategy standpoint, though, I felt like, so what we did is we had two groups. We had Mark and I. Um, and then obviously Coop and Mike, mm-hmm. who are our videographers here mm-hmm. at Vortex. Coop, you just had on on the uh, on another episode. Um, and then Sawyer, you were hunting with Brad and Jason from Argali. Okay. So Jason had, was filming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but he also had a tag, so kind of an interesting. Gotcha. Yeah. So we had two two groups on this this hunt, and basically what we did is we hiked up from the beach, got up on. Uh, the ridge top where we ended up camping, mm-hmm. um, and then that's where we had set up three of uh, Brad's uh, Argali tents. We had one dedicated to gear, mm-hmm. um, one for you guys, one for us, and then obviously our, our camera guys brought their own tents up as well. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, the way this ridge ran is it was just a real long ridge top that went, you know, very like I don't know, probably like ten miles. I'd say yeah, like as far as you could yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, you had limitless ground to cover. So basically, our strategy was like, "Hey, we'll, you guys go this way. We'll go that way. We'll day hunt from our high camp, mm-hmm. with the antenna returning every night." For, I mean, even we were coming back and for lunches here and there. You mm-hmm. know, was there phone service? No, no, no. So how did you? Were you guys able to communicate with each other? Like GPS or anything like that? Or I sent an satellite? inreach message to you guys. Yeah. I don't know that you got it. Didn't know until mm-hmm. we got back to mainland, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was sending out inreach messages <laughs> to my wife that we're going through. Yeah, okay. and that's so I was, was get doing the same thing. Garmin yeah. to Garmin is where we had issues. I yeah. think. Garmin okay. to exterior device was fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. All right. And so you guys, you guys were hunting this giant ridge. You went your separate ways. I mean, were you guys in the money right away? I guess, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. you can. I mean, the, the strategy there, too, is like you're not bombing to get to a place. Mm-hmm. I was like just you're, gonna, you're yep. creeping through because there's deer, plentiful amount of deer around. And we yeah. saw a lot of does and fawns early on. But then as you really start looking, and for me personally, when you start to really figure out what to look for, yeah, like the plane ride was very helpful for me because they'd look look different yeah like they don't look yeah they don't look like you think a deer would look that just from a color coloration standpoint it's just a little bit i don't even know how to describe from, it well, from an airplane from an airplane yeah. and when you're actually there okay For i mean me. the the time that we went you know we're talking you know late august so they're still in their summer coats yep. right so they're very red uh and in my opinion sitka blacktails are probably you know i mean Again, personal opinion, like one of the most beautiful deer out there. And yeah. I, th- I think they actually get more beautiful when they're in like their late fall winter coats yeah. with that dark 
you know, black forehead patch and double yep. throat patch yep. and just that gray coat. They're just a really neat looking deer. But this t- the time of year we went, uh, very, you know, kind of like that classic red summer coat. Um, some of them were transitioning a little bit, kind of in a, in a tweener stage. Some bucks were velvet. Some bucks were hard horn, so it was kind of a little bit of a, a mixed bag in that regard. But once you, once I personally got a feel for that, then you start walking those ridges, and you just start seeing them. Yeah, like yeah, there was no shortage, close, far, like most of them just kind of bedded down on on some of those hillsides. Like yeah, there was no shortage of deer. So were you guys able to get um, stock or shot opportunities on the daily? Uh, like day yeah. one, day, day one. I don't think any, nobody killed deer the first day. Nope. Did you guys, I can't remember second the, day the second was day. us. Yep. Okay. First full hunting day, I think. Yeah. Was, first full hunting day. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, and we, yeah, we, we had like you guys, the first full hunting day, sorry, you guys got into them and Mark, we had stocks. We saw, we tried moving in on a buck, a mm-hmm. really big, a really buck. nice buck. Yeah. Um, and then saw plenty of other deer that same day. I think not as many as these guys. No, though. like definitely. We, I'd not. say like we saw a dozen deer, two dozen, <sighs> maybe. I mean, including stuff that was like really far yeah. away. So I'm including stuff really far away, like even in that back kind of lagoonish type place uh, where we couldn't get into across there. Mm-hmm. I bet. Oh, we, I sure. bet we saw thirty, forty deer the first day. Gotcha. But how many of them were killable? Ten. Ten. At okay. least three. At least three. <laughs> yeah. And so how, a little foreshadowing there. <laughs> and so how many um, – uh, What what's your guys' range? I mean, what were you looking – what did you need to happen in order to pull the trigger? 400? That was my – that's where I was comfortable at. 400 yeah. And in. yeah. Okay. I would have said conditions being like – absolutely perfect, yeah. perfect i would have probably stretched it to six <laughs> but i wouldn't have wanted to yeah and i would have been right there with sawyer on four four, four fifty yeah. tops you know okay. and i took a course at vortex edge mm-hmm. like a month and a half before hunter marksmanship mm-hmm. so like i was i was feeling good confident yep. yep yep and the guns we were shooting were dialed i mean these things were they were one hole guns they were yeah. dialed that's awesome all right so day like the the half day leading into it you guys saw some deer and then the next the next full hunting day you also saw some deer but no one pulled the trigger right okay so then you guys come back to camp and then day two are you going back in those same directions again mm-hmm. i think i think we did you did kill on that first full hunt first day. full hunt day. i'm trying to like yeah re- yeah it's so hard to yeah. like put a time stamp on that stuff because like, mm. it was the, it's hard to say if we were there for 20 days or two like, right it's right like I'm trying to recreate that in my mind first yeah. full hunt day yes we we killed deer yep yeah because from our standpoint that was the day that we stalked that big buck that was yeah. butted out in the open we had just spooked it and we sat down and we were kind of fe- like licking our wounds a little bit you know and all of a sudden like in the distance, far, far away, all of a sudden you just hear boom, 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 three shots. Yeah. We're like, oh, something happened. Like something that, in my mind, I'm like, I hear, you're like, oh, sweet, <laughs> they got one. And then you like, you hear like that second shot and you're like, okay, you know, that'll happen. Then you hear the third one, you're like, Bear okay. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh my gosh, you know what? That that actually didn't even cross my mind. It did ours. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm like, okay, 
they either got one, none, or three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So walk us through walk us through that. Yeah, so we got we got eyes on the deer. There was I think probably five total. Um all bucks or all does or all bucks. All bucks, yeah. Yep. Um and from where we could as the crow flies, like pretty straight shot, but it was all just completely open. Yeah. So that led into the only time on the trip I was scared. Yeah. Is we side hilled on shale. <laughs> I don't know what what you would really call it, but like, shales it, yeah. yeah. It was rocky, loose. The, one of those situations Wet. where it's yeah. it's not overstating it to say if I slip, I'm not going to stop. Did you have I a trekking bottom. pole? Oh yeah, trekking yeah. poles are necessity. Yeah, you hundred yeah, percent. Literally cannot do that trip without those. Okay. Yeah, I definitely feel strongly about that. Side hilled around. I had the rifle in my hand because we were going to try to get in relatively close. Um, but that that was just spooky. Yeah. Like that was like my mind was like in a different place. I was like, that's a scary thought. Don't too. fall. Don't fall. Don't fall. Don't fall. Don't fall. Then we got there. We got to about three hundred yards. Found a good spot. Um, and then the the shooting began. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> the way you say it, it sounds like it was more than three shots, but. Uh, what were what what is a good for you know because you know people who listen to this they're whitetail hunters for the most part and you know and, and maybe some western hunters what is a good average representation of a blacktail from a an antler standpoint i mean i like if you kill in a hundred inch buck you've killed a big buck mm-hmm. yeah eight pointer tip are they typically eight pointers or so you I'd say in general, their their configuration, you know, they're a subspecies of, you know, mule deer in a way. I so I should have grabbed one. I have a year amount on my desk. God, you I'm one of them. Go. Maybe. That's all right. I don't don't know. worry can, about it. We can figure it out. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're going to, in general, like fork how a mule deer would fork. Yep. Um, and oftentimes, they're big, what I would call a big two-point, or even like a big two-point with eye guards. So you'll get, like, I think that they are – trophy bucks but you'll see and, and eric you're quite familiar with this yep. configuration but a big heavy you know two point um but they're still like an old mature yeah like really good deer so yeah like you said like a whitetail hunter might be like from a size perspective like a deer that oftentimes would get passed or oh that's even like a year and a half old buck or yeah. like you know a, a two-year-old small two-year-old buck it's like no that's like a trophy blacktail. Yeah. yeah yeah that's awesome and so you uh where, what was what was this deer doing? Was this a, a morning hunt or like a, in the morning when you shot? Was it afternoon? I think it was. Was it late morning? It was late morning, early afternoon. Yeah. It was like yeah. mid, yeah, like middle of the day, I'd yep. say, like eleven. Yep. Were they bedded when you shot? The first two were. Yep. So I shot first uh, bedded buck, and then Jason, cameraman who also had a tag, yep. he shot one bedded, um, and then one poked poked out around from where um, I'd shot that other one. Um, and he wasn't bedded. He was moving very slow, like yeah. from an ethical standpoint. And then like, you sh- you shot him. Yes. So you so two guys, three deer. Yes. Okay. All right. So so you you think, uh oh, yeah. When you hear three shots, your guys are like, ping, game on, ping, ping, yeah, laying them down. But then it was a very quick transition to uh oh, because then they're like, we got to get these out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I would say particularly one of your deer, Sawyer. The second one. Uh, rolled halfway back to the mainland, okay. um, which you ab- you absolutely poleaxed him. Oh yeah, the, both of them were 
lights out like done deal um but just the the gravity and the the elevation there i i tried to shoot in a way that would have anchored him back mm-hmm. um i bet he was dead pretty much instantly but then rolled into just an absolute hell hole of like one of those waterfall type yeah, things eric yeah. mentioned just all sharp rocks pretty narrow and it goes straight into it it's not like a gradual yeah kind of bowl type situation so it was carrying meat out and he died actually in the stream which was very cool yeah and like kept the meat cold too yeah. right away which was another kind of interesting thing but packing that out it was straight up and down yeah like it was, it was pretty how, gnarly how far were you guys from camp when you shot those if i had to guess i'd say like a mile mile and a half okay so not too terribly far no. but there was some steepness you had to fight for that, that oh yeah. yeah yep yeah like how like how sketchy was it getting down to that deer because you know eric and i weren't there mm-hmm. um but i'm familiar and with like kind of where you guys were and i know what the roll of that hill looked like and it looked like once you got over the roll of the hill it was vertical um it wasn't as sketchy in there and the other nice thing was like if you fall down you just fall down like you get back up it wasn't a situation where you're like so you weren't going to keep going then no yeah he's like you would have been able to stop yourself yep okay yep but man it's it is so like just seeing where you guys were, it is <laughs> it was, unbelievable. It was surreal. Like yeah. it was, yeah. I don't anticipate ever killing an animal in a in a situation like that again. Like yeah. that was. Do you do you think you bit off more than you could chew with shooting that second deer? You think you should have waited, looking back at it, or did you just a, go with the opportunity? It's a really good question. I would say a couple things. One, the weather. Yeah. It could have literally started pouring. 10 minutes after that and not stopped until we left. Yep. I don't know when I'm going to be back to Kodiak. Lord Fact. willing, I want to go again. Yep. Um, I had two tags. I felt really good on the gun. There were three of us. Not that I want to make someone else carry meat, mm-hmm. but like that wasn't necessarily a consideration. Um, in a perfect world, he just drops right where I shot him, and like, yeah. it still would have been hard, but nothing even close to what it was. I'd yeah. say one thing that comes into play, and I'm not sure you knew – the gravity of the largeness. Uh, well, they're both phenomenal blacktails, but the second one is an absolute giant. The body size, specifically on that second one, was like, yeah, that was shocking. I was not expecting, yeah, that. It was large. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, right? you look back at it now, maybe a bitch getting it out, but yep. it was a good thing. Two hundred percent worth it. Yeah. Um, and so, what did you what did you guys do with the meat once you got it back to camp? How long did it take for you to to cut up, pack out those deer back to camp? Again, it's so hard to like, think about how it long dark? it actually took. No, no, no. But that's interesting because it doesn't get dark until like ten thirty. Oh, okay. Night, you know, I think it so was we, pretty much an all day affair for you. Yeah, guys. yeah. We we got back. I remember at eight thirty that evening. I remember us walking back to camp from the opposite side of the ridge, and we could see you guys. We glassed you actually moving uh, game bags around. That's how we knew something really good happened. Yeah. So we come walking back expecting there to be, like, one deer, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, there's oh my God, there's three deer, three <laughs> bucks. You know, and that would have been and 8.30 like, at night, and you were just finishing up 
coming back. Yeah, and I think you guys, the only tumble I took of the whole trip, um, I was like literally, I had a, a deer slash deer and a half on my back with the rifle and all the other stuff, and I could see camp, and I was like, yes. Like, <laughs> That's a good feeling. We did it. Yeah. Uh, and then I fell straight on my back. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think Cooper, Mike, I think somebody saw it. I, I know I saw it. I think it just, like, just by happenstance, like, I think it's because you were getting closer, so we were all glassing you, and it's like, oh, man, he's got, and then he's down, he's down. But then it was a total turtle situation, too, because you're so tired, and yeah. I, I just kind of relished the moment for a second, too. Like, I didn't try to get right back up. I was just yeah. like, oh, and you do the roll. Right. I packed, Maybe I'll just rest here for a while. Yeah. I packed a mule deer out, me and another guy. He it was I'm I'm guessing this mule deer was close to four hundred pounds. Oh. He was gigantic <laughs> gigantic body. And so I would say that we each had I'm I'm gonna say over a hundred pounds. We and it was it was South Dakota. I mean, so it's not yeah. crazy steep by any means. But we had to do four and a, it was like a little over four and a, or three and a half miles. Yeah. And when I got back to the truck my legs, I've never felt that before. Like, I got emotional. Yeah. When when I was able to take the pack off. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I, I fell forward because of the weight distribution, yeah. you know, right. balancing out. And so it was uh, – that I, I, I can feel your, your pain there, just like pure exhaustion. So satisfying. Yeah. But so difficult. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, if you got to go – you, I mean, any any other cool parts of your story? Uh, I mean, it was all cool. Yeah. Luckily, it was captured on film too. Yeah. Like it's on the Argali YouTube channel. So to see that film and to see the film these guys put together. Yeah. Like everything I'm talking about, like it's hard to like think back, like how long were we there? How long did it take to take care of them? Yeah. Uh, it just brings it all back. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel so lucky that I'll always have that. Like pictures Absolutely. are wonderful. Yeah. But I have a goddamn film to look back on yeah. from that trip. Yeah. And it's just like, what a time capsule. Like yeah. It, yeah. it hasn't even, even been a year. Yeah. And it's just like crazy to look back on that. That's awesome. Yep. So then did you become uh, a participant of these guys hunt or did you then just turn into an explorer at that point? Well, you got to take care of all the meat. So I yep. deboned all that. That took a while. I did that alone at camp. That was also frightening because yep. there were bears up there. But then I uh, went back out with Brad and Brad and Jason. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Because they they the other guy had one tag left too. Yep. Right. Okay. Yep. Cool. Um, and so day two that was that was the end of day one, right? Yep. So day day one day two. Now it's you guys, right? What what's the what's the case? I mean, are you guys getting nervous at this point? So I think. I think we're on day three now. Okay. Well, it's, it's second full hunt day. It's second day full three hunt. of the trip, day two for hunting. Okay. okay. Gotcha. And purposes. I'm just trying to keep it all straight in my yeah, head, too. Yep, day two. Um, yeah, Eric and I, uh, we head out in the morning, kind of like actually the same. Dark. Like we woke up in the like early that morning. Getting, you know, wanted to get to kind of a spot where we could glass. And, and you were talking about tactics before. And like Eric said, it's, deer could be kind of anywhere out here yeah. you know and it's so wild it's not like you're like oh well, there's a lot of human activity here so i think the deer are going to be over there it's like no they really could be anywhere so it's like move slow you know don't overlook stuff spot and stock you know glass hard find a deer um which that day even though we got up early mm-hmm. finding deer was a little bit difficult because weather like sir pointed out moved in and we we're yeah. basically fogged in 
almost all day. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So. Were there any other hunters out there? Were there any, I mean, did you see guys getting dropped off at boats or any airplanes flying guys in and out? You would have the. Definitely planes. Yeah. yeah. The occasional plane fly over. And but no. going back to the weather thing quick, our pilot, too, uh, was telling us on our way in that um, he was going to get some guys hunting way up high that had been there, I think, four days longer than planned due yeah. to weather. Mm-hmm. So he was finally going to get them. Yeah. Gotcha. Which is crazy because, you know, you say you're almost out of food. Yeah. And, I mean, you look at it now and you're like, okay, if we needed to do something, we have the, the deer meat. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. So that's like a little bit of a safety valve. Um, second day of the hunt, you're fogged in all day, no go. Yeah. I mean, it was just on and off all day long. I actually took a picture that morning that kind of showed like what it looked like from our vantage point. And then 10 minutes later, um, you know, we went from this, that photo was taken at 814. That's 902. Okay. Same at, exact at night? spot. Uh, 45 minutes later, AM. Okay. A. M. Okay. AM. So okay. 8 AM, 815 AM. 9.02 a.m. Gotcha. Gotcha. And just, like, how that was in and out all day long. You know, yeah. just, we, we actually then, I think we stayed there as long as we could. We It was just kind of a like a, a fruitless effort Did as far as, like. Did you see any deer at that point? We uh, we found a small buck better to cross at that last photo that I just showed. Like, he was better to cross that. And, um I mean, he was probably about 600 yards away. It was a, a, a small, you know, nothing that, w- nothing that like, at that stage of the hunt that we were going to, you know, put a full-on blitz after. Right. Going after. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. I mean, I think it's probably about lunchtime where, like, all we're doing is just sitting in the fog and the rain. Like, you yeah. might as well go Do back to camp, grab some food, stay, you know, get dry. Yep. And then just kind of wait it out a little bit because, really, that was just our only option at that point. Like, yeah. It was, it was clear that it really just wasn't going to clear. Yeah. Was it uh was there any sunshine there at all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You would get pockets of like bluebird, not a cloud in the sky. Sun is warming you up and then 20 minutes later you couldn't see 50 yards. Okay. And you could watch it happen. Yeah. You're like, you could oh. see it coming. Yep. You know, just and it moves in like you said within minutes. Oh yeah, totally. You're just yeah. engulfed in it again. Totally. Okay. So that day's a no go. Yep. Right. Um, fight that. Any anything interesting happen overnight or that night while you guys are getting ready for the next day? Oh man. Well, I think that afternoon is when it cleared. Yes. We sat in the tents. Yes, we went back. Peeked our we... heads out in the afternoon, and we're like, "Well, I mean, we we're constantly checking the weather, and we're like, yeah. okay, we can see. Let's go.' Yeah. And then we spot." Yeah, so we we got went back and we kind of we ate lunch. Um, Brad and Jason had come back from the side that Sawyer killed those deer on that previous day, and he was bow hunting, and he'd got fairly close to what he thought was a pretty good buck, a mm-hmm. buck that he was going to kill with his bow. Um, but wind ended up just getting a little bit swirly. He ended up having to get out of there and. I mean, he was in the same weather that we were in, so you guys came back. We kind of reconvened at the tents and uh, ate lunch, uh, hung out in the gear tent, which was just like a shared community space of, like, dumping gear and whatnot. Maybe hung out there for two hours or so and then popped out, and it was uh, starting to clear a little bit. 
Yeah. And I think that's when we made the call then to head basically swap. Like we were going to go to the side that uh, Brad and Jason and Sawyer hunted that morning. And then they were going to come hunt the stuff that we hunted that morning. And then Sawyer was going to work on his deer at mm-hmm. camp. Gotcha. And I think the motivation there was just like, oh, let's change everybody change the scenery. Let's see some new country, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Because they were, they really were both. I mean, actually Brad got on a good buck, uh, shortly after we like split right. where we just were, yeah. you know? So it wasn't really a, oh, the, you guys got the good spot. We want to go there. Like mm-hmm. they were both great spots. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then that afternoon, fog come back in again, or was it clear all the way until it was so time it broke that day, that afternoon? Mm-hmm. And uh, we kind of had a little bit of a window where we're like, "Hey, we got to see what we can do with this," and um, because we anticipated them like really bad weather the rest of the week, which is crazy to think that it's like day two, day mm-hmm. two of hunt days, you know, third day on the island. Yep. Um, it's crazy to think that on, like, that third day, you're doing a full-on blitz, but we, like, had a little bit of break in the clouds that evening, and we're like, we're, this might be it, and we're going to go go for broke. I think by what we had been able to check, like, th- it, that was supposed to be, like, our best day, and the weather, even though it had been, like, challenging weather already, like, it was supposed to degrade yeah. after yeah. that day. Yeah. Okay. So we, uh, we actually um, ended up spotting from camp way back probably about like two and a half two and a half three miles um we could just see deer scattered around on this point that came off this like very high point up on this ridge you know picture like the the top of the mountain and then like just a little like bench that comes out and then it drops right off and it yeah there were deer just all over that point i mean probably between five and eight of them Mm -hmm. how how far away was that from camp two and a half three three miles miles. yeah yep Okay. So we're like, well, this is it. Like, this could be it. We're going to make a, a play on these things, and we kind of, like, charge it up there fast. You know? Like, yep. we started moving on those things quick. And? Eric, you've got a pretty good pace, by the way. <laughs> I'm a little bit more of a stopper. Yeah. Um, you know, and one thing I'd say, like, for some reason, even though we were, like, chilling in camp, like, earlier, like, for some reason, I think I just, like, didn't think about it or I was yeah. enjoying the conversation. Like, I didn't really eat that. Like, I ate, like, a bar or something, you know, which, and then, which is the key part of the story, which is a little, yeah, that's a little bit of foreshadowing there too. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. So then, yeah, like you said, then we, we, I mean, we go charging up trying to make good time yeah. because it's, it's the afternoon now mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to get close to these deer. And there were two, there were kind of two different pockets of deer too, that we could see. Yeah. That we actually found that second pocket on the way up because there was like the original group that we saw was bedded on the point, mm-hmm. and then as we c- kept going up towards those, all of a sudden we see two other bucks, mm-hmm. way high on the mountain, straight up in front of us, probably about like six hundred yards. And in order for us to get to the deer that we're going after, we'd have to like walk across and cross fa- the the direction that those deer are facing to. Uh, get after the group that we were initially going after. Yeah. Um, so we're like, well, we're going to, you know, go in and at least check these things out. We're going to have to spook them if we're going to walk we're, past them. We're, we're going to, yeah, we're either going to go by them anyway. And I will say, um, so that spot that Eric was, t- or that Sawyer was talking about, like the shale yeah. like if we you slip, you're dead. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, we had, uh, yeah, we had to tra- traverse that, that same area to stay, you know, out of sight of the deer to stay below the roll of the hill. Yep. And, I mean, it was a sketchy spot. I mean, 
up there, there's no brush, mm-hmm. right? So if you fall, it's steep enough that, you know, there's a very good likelihood you're going to keep going. And then eventually you are going to go kind of over off, the lip. Over the lip. Um, it's loose. It's shaly. But even like the, um, I'll call it like moss, like the, you know, mossy, tundra type stuff is also in some areas like covering like the looser rock. shale yeah. rock stuff. Oh, yeah. So it's not like it looks like it. And I'd say overall, like it was good footing on the way in, but in right. the back of my head, all I can think about is that I've got a, a layer of moss over hard, slick rock, and that's going to break loose. And then, so it's always on your mind. It was it was heavily on my mind. Yeah, I think less so on. I think once Eric saw the deer, those things weren't on his mind. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> was bullet not right not him. concerned about yeah. any. The, the, I was like, I was like, hey, like, <coughs> I think I even said, I go, no, no deer's worth dying for. And, and then I he just kind of looked at that. me, and <laughs> then we just then we kept going. Yeah, yeah, agree to disagree. Yeah, <laughs> and so what did that turn into? So we got we kept going on those, and that initial two bucks that we said were bedded up higher, we got to 424 yards on those, mm-hmm. and uh, that was like on the edge of what I felt comfortable with, mm-hmm. um, but. I mean, it, that was it. You know, we're like, this is an opportunity that we're probably – the day before, we had – we'd gotten to uh, – Five-something? Five, yeah, five-something on a different buck, and we thought that we could close that distance, but there was nothing that we could do to do that. Yeah. Like, we I, w- I wish that we would either, one, waited it out, or two, taken a shot from that distance because it was perfect, calm, still conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we're at 424. We're totally out of real estate. There's nothing we can do. And that other buck spooked way harder than I thought he would. Yeah. Yep. You know, so that's in the back of my head, too. Like, hey, these things are a little bit more jumpy than I thought they would be. Yeah. And uh, get down on the gun and felt good about it and uh, picked one out, shot. They're both bedded. Missed that one. Got a follow-up in there and missed that as well. And it was so windy that, like, we couldn't figure out where those bullets were going. So mm-hmm. it was like, we're not going to k- keep Did this. they even get out of their beds? After the second shot, they both stood up. And uh, eventually, like, they they didn't, like, they did start moving higher up the hill. But they never, like, it's not like shooting at a whitetail where it's like, boom, you shoot, you miss. And, like, they're up and they're just, like, Gone. booking out of there. Yeah. You know, they're. They just kind of started picking their way up the hill. Like, yeah, I don't like it. We're going to walk out of here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. So that was it for those deer, but we knew that there was still a bunch on that ec- that next point, and we knew that one was a giant, absolute giant. Okay. Um, because we could see his antlers from three miles away. <laughs> right. <laughs> that yeah. is no joke. Which on a blacktail, like, when you're like, that Doesn't. looks like a nice buck, you're like, it's going to be a nice buck. That's you saying know? something. Yeah. 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 And so then after that miss, you, you guys just go, okay, we missed next opportunity is on this point and you made your move at that point yeah it was unique because mark you said we're probably going to get a a chance at those bucks that are on the point and in my head i'm like no way like those things are so gone because i'm used to whitetails where it's Mm -hmm. like they don't stand still yeah Yeah. somebody well not even that like somebody shoots a gun like they're gone you know what i mean and, I mean, we weren't that far from them when we started shooting at those other deer. So We weren't that far, but we, I was actually – it from far – like, from the perspective of far away, I thought they were a lot closer. Yeah. And then once we started, like, kind of traversing that hillside and the um, 
the, the terrain, the, the terrain and topography. Like there were a lot of cuts, some stream drainages and things yeah. like that. It was a little bit gnarly getting over oh, there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's really remote. Right. I yep. think, I think those things hear thunder all the time. I think they're more, probably more likely to hear something like that than, you know, a gunshot. Yeah. I mean, I've even heard the one other time that I hunted Kodiak, like my brother and I heard like a crazy rock slide break loose, yeah. like just down, like, like it was like, it. so there's noise there. So yeah, like a noise, like, I think, yeah. And I guess also just being hopeful and positive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so we keep kind of moving over towards those other deer and we get to the point where we're just about to, uh, we feel like we should see him and all of a sudden see just the back of a deer kind of going behind a lip of a ridge. We gained more elevation to kind of come up over the top of them, did that. And Mark was kind enough to let me still have a chance. You know, he's like, he's like, I've killed one before. I want you to get a shot at one before. It's a nice thing to shoot do. one before. You know, he shot one. Yeah. So um, I'm still kind of like leading, I guess, as we're cresting this ridge. But Mark's right on my hip because we knew where there were a lot of deer in there. Mm-hmm. And we knew, again, one was a giant. So as we're kind of going down, it's like all of a sudden, you know, picture a uh, you're going over almost like a straight vertical cliff. And as you keep getting closer to the edge, you start to reveal more and more of what's below it. Yes. And as you're getting closer, all of a sudden it's like, boom, there's a doe. There's a doe. Okay, there's a good buck. A buck I'd be happy with for sure. And you're above them. We are above them. Above them, probably at about 80 yards. How far from camp? Three miles. About three miles now. Yeah. And um, this buck is at like 80 yards bedded facing away. But I know that bigger one is in there. So I'm like still kind of going down a little bit, just like revealing more and more of what's beneath me. And all of a sudden, like, that's that buck, the initial buck that I saw, I can tell, like, he whips his head and he's, like, looking at us. Mm-hmm. And at that, I, like, grab my backpack, got my gun on the backpack, deer's bedded down, looking at us, boom, shoot, hit him. He stands up, shoot again, and he's, he's like, on his last legs. And, like, what, if somebody watches this in the video, it looks like a lot of shooting, and it, it is. But in my head, I'm, like, I'm not letting this deer go over that edge for two reasons one i don't want to like expend all those calories and resources and pain in the butt and like getting this deer off there second if i do kill that deer and it drops off the the face and we don't find it i just notch a tag because in alaska if you draw blood you notch a tag okay so i shoot him three times and and boom he just like anchors and at that, Mark's like, okay, are you done? <laughs> and, I think I, even, uh, I, I don't even think I asked. I, I go, Eric, he's done. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. He's had enough. Yeah. He's had enough, okay. Yeah. Put one more in him for good measure, and all of a sudden Mark starts creeping forward, and yeah, that's like, where I'll let you pick it up. So, yeah, so I confirm. I'm like, okay, Eric seems like he's done shooting, which I will say, and when you watch the video, it's quite impressive. Um it it was like uh it was like the autoloader version of bolt manipulation like yeah. i haven't seen three shots fired faster particularly i mean you're shooting at 300 you know i mean you're you're getting back on it pretty quick <laughs> uh, so eric's done shooting i grab my pack and inch forward you know and now like i mean now i'm kind of hoping that the deer are still there or i don't know what's still there cuz like like eric said i was on his hip i was a little bit behind him but i couldn't see anything beyond the deer that he had killed. Yeah. And then I could still see one doe down there. So I creep forward and I really didn't have to go for, I think I probably went 
maybe five, six yards. I, I, I don't maybe. know. Maybe, yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, I'm like, holy mackerel, the deer, like, they're all still here. And I'm like, and okay. They're actually moving up towards us, sort of. Like, they're, they're taking a couple hot steps, like quick steps towards us. And I guess I didn't even notice that. Like, I just got to the point where I could see them. I'm like, there's a deer, there's a deer, there's a deer. That's a buck. That's a really big buck. And I just got my pack down and uh, got a rest on my pack. And the deer was actually quartering hard, too. Um, was this the giant buck so that you thought you saw from three miles so away? So the buck that I ended up shooting, we'll I'm pretty sure. Out. It is, yeah. Is, it's, it's absolutely okay. that buck. And, uh, and uh, I'm like, okay, cool. That's you know, I'm going to try and kill that deer. And he's quartering hard to me. And then he actually, like, turns his head and starts licking himself, I think. And I just put it on the point of his front shoulder squeezed off a shot and just i mean just i mean Anchored he just him. dropped like a sack Throwed of rocks yeah. and i was just like 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 completely overwhelmed with the entire yeah. experience yeah. like it was like i can't believe this worked out we're yeah. in this amazing place we just like ran three miles to get to these deer yep um we just killed two mm-hmm. uh and i'm i remember just being like so jacked up and this is where maybe, like, not consuming enough calories for the day yeah. for the energy expended comes into play. Because I hit Mark's shoulder. I'm like, we did it. And, like, the life just goes out of Mark. So, like, I'm, like, and uh, it's actually even a clip, like, towards the end of, the, like, I shoot that buck. And I'm just like, ah, like, dude, like, so fired up. And then all, then all of a sudden I'm just like, whoa, like, I don't, like, I don't feel right. Like, you know, kind of like, you know, the vision's getting a little bit weird. And I don't know if it was, I think it was a combination of, like, didn't eat enough, probably didn't drink enough, and an extreme adrenaline rush. And I've yeah. never had this happen before ever. I was like, whoa, dude, I got to, like, lay down for a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, like, you know, like, it wasn't, like, that long. No, and five minutes. Yeah. I shoved, Got a puffy jacket on, ate a granola bar. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, ate a little bit of food, drank a little water, threw the puffy on. It's like, okay, let's go get these deer. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And so you get there, and as you're walking up on them uh, – <laughs> Like, obviously, you're happy with the one that you shot. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. Uh, you shot a giant, right? I mean, it, it's it's a big deer. I think it's like, I, again, we're talking about that 100-inch mark. Yeah. I think it's like a little bit like a little bit over that or something yeah, like it's that. Yeah, it's a huge deer. Um, the mass on this thing, I've I, I like, we were just looking at some big whitetail sheds, and it is heavier than those oh, whitetail wow. sheds. The, the bases are. You, can, you, you can't even come close. They're huge. To fitting your hands around the bases, not oh, that's even awesome. close. Like it, it, it's a special deer, and I mean, and it was one of those, like, just so fortunate, mm-hmm. you know. Like, I, I, just, just lucky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. like, you know, I mean, just the whole situation, the way the whole situation played out. Like, in my opinion, like, couldn't have been better. Like, it was just mm-hmm. like, it was just like so epic. So, like, yeah, my deer. You know, we're talking about like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, four hundred yards, six hundred yards. I shot my deer at 60 yards because yeah. it was actually closer than Eric's because I think he was like a little bit deeper in the hill. So he actually, yep. you know, I had to scoop forward to see him where you didn't yep. just, you didn't quite get 60 there. 60 yards. And I think Eric's deer was like 80 yards. Yeah, oh, easily, easily would have been able to kill these things with a bow if if we would have been. If you got up in there and yeah. were patient. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Now you're three miles away from camp, right? And what mm-hmm. time of day was this? That would have been – it was late evening, probably around, like, 7 p.m., and uh, – I think we shot those deer at 
So yeah, about seven yeah, p.m. Yeah, yeah, seven ten is when we're taking pictures of. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess you're them. right. And uh, all of a sudden, like it starts getting a little bit foggy. Fog's rolling in, and um, this is Mark's buck here. But um, oh, in velvet too. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. And then Eric's steer was hardhorn. Yeah. Man, that 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 area. Oh, it, black. Yeah. Black head on yours. Yeah. Yep. Was now this is in the the time period where they are starting to shed velvet. Shed velvet and start to blow out their summer coat and mm-hmm. bring in their winter coat. Okay. All right. Man, that's sweet. So it's interesting, like my buck died twenty yards from Mark's buck and Mark's buck looks like a, a midsummer buck and mine looks like a early fall buck. Right. Yep. That's that's crazy, man. The characteristics, the character on your buck is pretty, pretty it's sweet, unreal. Uh, okay, and so three three miles from camp. I mean, did you guys after you sat down and got your wits about you instantly pack out mode at this point? Really? Yeah. Took some yeah. took some photos, and you know we're talking about the weather in and out. Like Eric was getting these epic backdrop photos of, I mean, like the yeah. landscape, it's like, it's just absolutely breathtaking where he killed this deer or where we killed these deer. And I look up and like coming in from the other side, I'm like, Hey, if we're going to get any pictures of my deer where there's some scenery, we better do it now because this go. weather is coming in. And it was just like, I mean, you could just see it moving towards us. And I think we snapped a few photos and actually the, a lot of the photos that we got, it actually is like, pretty foggy in the background like it didn't take long i mean the photos are epic too they turned out amazing right but it was just like for it to happen that fast and then yeah we started cutting up deer and the weather started getting worse and weather got crazy i mean to the point where it was like when we're we're coming out i mean it was we're on a ridge top and we're having a legit conversation about if the wind blows you off the ridge just lay down was an actual conversation that we had It because was it was just raining sideways and just blowing like crazy. Torrential, yeah, torrential rain, raining, like you said, raining sideways. Yeah. Out uh, of curiosity, what were you guys wearing for uh, for um, uh, rain gear? We uh, both had on the Stone Glacier uh, M5 pants and that M7, M7 jacket. jacket. Okay, yeah. yep. and that did the trick? Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, and what was your guys' like, sock, boot, gator situation? Stone Glacier, Gators, yep. Vortex Socks. Yeah, yeah, Vortex Socks. Uh, um, and I'd say, you know, excuse me, uh, Stone Glacier Puffies, Base Layers. You yeah, know, yep. um, What about boots? You were wearing the Crispies. So, crispy. yeah, I was wearing the Crispy Laponias, okay. which is, like, one of my favorite boots of all time for sure. Yep. Yep. Uh, I just love so many. They're, like, they're crazy lightweight. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pretty flexible boot. Uh, they just fit my feet really, really well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then I I am always a huge fan of, like, leather boots. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was wearing Schnee's uh, Bear Tooths. Okay. Un- uninsulated. Okay. And, yeah, I mean, it, it like, it, th- we stayed – the, the, the rain gear and the boots and everything kept water out for sure. But, you know, it's your uh, – you, you, I, I mean, I can't emphasize – when I say torrential downpour, it is a – absolute almost like like you can feel the weight of the rain on your body i mean where it's like you're in a shower you know you're in the shower yeah and uh you're sweating your tail off because you got i mean i had a full deer on my back mark had a deer on his back and it's you know what's the temperature 
Oh man, probably 40? yeah, high forties probably. Yeah. Okay, and uh, which know. to me is actually some of the most <coughs> dangerous type of weather because, I mean, it can drop if it's wet. If if it's wet and for like if you're sopping wet and it's the forties, like you're getting that's, hypothermia. That's not a good no. place to yeah. be. No, and you know you're you're unzipping your jacket a little bit just to breathe, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's raining so hard that that water's just getting in there, and I mean you in, instantly soaked, you mm-hmm. know, from the inside yeah. out, basically, you know. And yeah. um, we're go getting back, <clears throat> um, you know, making our way back. Just navigating the terrain, trying not to get hurt, you know, because you got a lot of weight on your back. You can't really see everything sopping wet. And uh, we were even questioning if the tents were still going to be standing on the I, way back. It was it was a legitimate thing that was very much on my mind because um, we were camped, like, just below the ridge line. That wind was on the right side of the, in the ridge. But, like, yeah, I mean, the wind was just, like, so crazy. I was like, okay, well, there's three people back there. So, like, um, you know, one person could go sit in each tent. So, like, maybe they're doing that, you know, to make sure mm-hmm. that the tents don't blow away. Like, one of the pack covers on, uh, I think it was, uh, I can't remember whose pack it was. Dan. He's on mics. Uh, but, like, ripped off of his pack. Like, the wind ripped it off of his pack and blew it up. Like, if you've ever seen, like, a like a Walmart grocery bag, like, it's Blowing flying in the, in the air. Yeah. Like, that's what his pack cover did. One of the cameras, like, just, like, totally $10,000 camera dead in, like, two minutes. Wow. I mean, like, the guys, like, what's unfortunate is, like, there really was no way to film what we were in, which really was, like, the most gnarly storm I've probably ever been in in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what Dan's it, looking at right now is just some stuff that I shot on my phone on the way out. And, and like, that's not even the worst part. No, no, because during that stuff, it's like, hey, we should probably get something, you know, right? pull the phone out. But, yeah, for the bad stuff, it's like, let's just get through the next minute. That's crazy, dude. That's crazy. This I'm looking at this, like, panoramic view that you did, and it's sun's out after that. Gorgeous. You guys are all, looks like you're drying out clothes on trekking poles. Yeah, that's the next day. Yep. Um, So it was a bitch, basically, in, in the dark too right oh yeah yeah pitch yeah. black at that point any any spooks from the bears no no honestly with the as crazy as that rain was we actually felt confident that those bears are pretty like laying low laying low it, it didn't yeah. it wasn't even i mean maybe it should be on your mind at all times i don't know i was like dude no bear in his right mind is out in this right mm-hmm. now like they're hunkered yeah. down somewhere they're you know they're smarter than we are yeah <laughs> yeah so that's sawyer had to leave but that's five deer in uh, essentially three days. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And so, um, at this point, you have what a, a whole full day, and then you have a half day before yep. the the plane's coming back, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. And and then is it any time that day, or is he like, hey, I'll be here at five o'clock, or I'll be here at four, or whatever? We had some set times that yeah. we were going to try and try and get in and out. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that ended up actually getting adjusted a little bit, you it know, did. um, but, uh, but yeah, er, yeah. So we, yeah, we got back that, that night, um, in the game bags is the meat that you just keep it outside and it does, yeah, it's it cool enough fine. to where it's yep. gonna, it's gonna not spoil, throw it in the game bag, keep the brain off it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Or, you know, with something else, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And, uh, so was the, you got it all 
like you got it back to camp. Then did you guys go right back out? Because you each had another tag, right? We did have another tag. But at that point, it was – we had – we were so – not overwhelmed, but so, like, fulfilled with what had happened. Yeah. We knew that the weather that kind of lied ahead wasn't looking great. Brad in camp still did have a tag. Mm-hmm. And we were the next day doing a meat run. Yeah, so ne- yeah, like you said, ne- now we've got uh, f- yeah, one, two, five deer. But how, how far from the high camp to the low camp? I think that was about three miles as yeah. well. Okay. So it's kind of like a three and three. So the next morning, which I was worried about because, you know, we're, I mean, it, it, that was a gnarly storm. It's wet. Every, you know, everything's pretty darn wet. Um, and you're also wondering, like, is the next four days going to be like this? Right. Are we going to get stuck here for the next four days too? Um and we wake up to, like you were talking about, you know, Eric's picture there and some of the videos and pictures we took. Like the contrast between that day and the morning slash the entire day. Like it went from the gnarliest storm I've ever been in, probably you as well, Eric, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. To bluebird, sun, light breeze. I mean, it was like a yard sale of gear out there. Everybody's drying gear. Yeah. And then, like you said, we're like, okay, now we've got five dead deer. Um I think Brad got in touch with our pilot saying, hey, we've got some deer that we need to take uh, get out of here. So we wanted, we scheduled a pickup, a meat run for the meat. So yep. we kind of spent that morning drying gear, deboning our two bucks. Yep. I think we actually deboned um, Jason's buck as well yep. because Brad was going to keep hunting. And so our plan was to hike all the way back down to base camp, uh, meet the plane. Brad was going to hunt. And then we would, you know, eventually hike back up. Yeah. So we we uh, we had a time that we were going to meet the pilot for that meat run, mm-hmm. and uh, we're waiting on the beach, and all of a sudden we hear, you know, we we'd made our descent from our high camp down to low camp. We're kind of hanging out. Spirits are high. Everyone's excited, and all of a sudden we hear some like walking come around the beach, and here comes Brad with another buck on his back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And uh, he had just made the meat run and with a buck that he had just killed. Oh, Real wow. nice, really, really big two-point with eye guards as well. I mean, really big deer, velvet. I mean, it's, yeah, that's a – I mean, there – you know what? I mean, we were so fortunate to shoot. I would have shot a lot smaller buck than I did. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, we were pretty fortunate to shoot the type of – like, we just – Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, th- I mean, the story that you guys are telling – is making me want to do this hunt. It's, it I, is. I want to go do this hunt now. It's a yeah. it's a neat hunt. Yeah. Um. So the plane comes. Yep. Right. You you get the meat on the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, did he have time to debone all his stuff before he got it on the plane? I think he had it deboned by the time that he got. I mean, Brad's a machine. He can yeah. work quick, you know. And he, I, I believe he, I believe he had it deboned by the time that he got down there. Maybe I don't know yeah. because I don't remember him deboning on the beach. Yeah, I could be wrong about that. Unless watch, he, the, watch the film, the yeah, Argali film. Tune in to find if it find out if it was deboned. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, the, our pilot got there. We threw the deer on the plane, and um, beautiful day, like be- beautiful, beautiful. We were day. in t-shirts. Yeah, we were in our Merino Stone Glacier t-shirts. Yeah, like that's crazy. And. Uh, you know, like almost hindsight, it's like, man, if we, obviously we had to take care of those deer. Um, and, uh, we're getting back to, 
to camp and it's like, man, I wish we had more days to hunt, you know, but we're kind of at this point, like it's, it's trip is wrapping up end is in sight. Uh, that night was probably one of the, my like core memories of the hunt. It's a highlight. Yeah. Everyone's like casual hanging loose and like when you're in hunting camp i mean even we were in a turkey Cause at this point everybody's killed a deer everybody's yeah. shot a deer yeah got a tag yep. okay so i mean this is like i feel like anybody can relate to this whether it's this camp or like we were on a turkey hunt this year where everyone was just hunting their butt off you know yep. and you don't really ever get that time where everyone's like shared in camp and yep. like all of a sudden the sun's out it's beautiful weather we're in t-shirts we're finally having like a group dinner where we're all like making mountain house meals or our uh, uh we had peak meals yeah peak uh, uh yeah peak refuel yeah, yeah. and we're uh we're all making those highly recommend yeah <laughs> they're delicious yeah, yeah. We're all making a, 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 a freeze-dried meal, and I knew that then the next day we were getting on the plane, so I had, like, an extra meal, so I ate two that night. Ugh. You know, we're all kind of hanging out. Like, it, it was just a really cool watch of the sunset, hang out in camp. I mean, that was fun. I mean, spirits couldn't have been higher. Yeah. And like you said, like, everybody was together. And it was, I, I remember like it's still, like you said, it's one of my favorite moments of the hunt hire. Oh, I mean, it, honestly, it's one of my favorite moments of like my entire 100%. life. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, what's crazy about this is it's in August, right? So you just come off this epic life changing yeah. hunt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you go back to sitting in a tree stand yeah. in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. I, I still love that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and it, you know, it's completely just a different style. I it remember yeah. going, just going back to it, and then, pe- like, you know, I get, like you said, probably a lot of people can identify with that, but I remember just, like, so actively trying to soak in that moment and that mm-hmm. feeling and just mm-hmm. being like, I wish I could bottle this right yeah, now. Guys yeah, guys are telling jokes, you know, like, it's dudes being dudes in hunting camp is the best way to put it. And in it, the, one of the most remote hunting oh, camps. It right? was unreal. Yeah. 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 That's crazy, man. Yeah. So, you come so the plane comes the next day, picks everybody up. Next. And, next. and the meat, or that was a separate the meat, trip? The meat was a separate trip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next morning we wake up. We uh, we didn't we still didn't sleep in. Like, we, uh, you know, we still had to get out of there early because we had to take tents down. And, mm-hmm. I mean, your packs are light because anything that we had that we knew was not going to stay the night, we brought down to low camp for, like, the, the day before on our meat run. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so, I mean, it's not like you're going down now with, like, everything that you would initially brought up because you brought – you kind of consolidated A little bit of stuff down it. at yeah. least, yeah. yeah. And uh, wake up, um, beautiful sunrise, making coffee, taking mm. tents down and stuff, um, beautiful weather for the pack out, and uh, we make it down to the, down to the, sh- the beach um, with time to kill – and I mean, like if it, if if the picture we painted for that last night in camp made it seem like it couldn't get any better, it it did, because all of a sudden we get down there, we've got maybe an hour and a half before the the plane shows up, and there is a uh, uh, stream just teeming with salmon. Yep. And we got flyer, we got rods. I. <laughs> and fishing licenses. I yeah I, so I brought a couple rods with me and some gear. So I'm originally from Washington, so I've got yep. a ton of salmon gear that I rarely get to use. Um, and like, yeah, like Eric said, we've got limited time. I'm feverishly setting up rods. Um, and uh, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of uh, pink salmon uh, or humpies. Um, you know, same thing. And uh, yeah, so start fishing and 
everybody, I think everybody caught a fish. Yeah, yeah, it was um, unreal, unbelievable. I mean, I have this. Did like, you, were you able to eat them, or did you have to let them go? I think we we kept a couple. We let most of them go because yeah. the plane, like, we're like, okay, yeah, we'll take a couple, and then uh, and then you know, then the plane was going to get there, which was actually it was it was so it was a two per or two planes, yeah, or two plane rides, separate plane rides to take all the you know all the people. Yeah, out. oh gotcha. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I have this like video. Someone has a video of uh, me fighting a fish as the freaking float plane is flying over us. It's like felt like you were in the the video game of Cabela's Big Game Hunter. <laughs> like it was, it, it was hilarious. I, I that's a Alaska. It's just like everything about it is surreal. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it really is, and that word gets used a lot. But like it's just even when you're there, it's like oh, I'm trying to try and take this in, but I like you can't like it's just like sensory overload yeah. everywhere you look, everything yeah. you do, and it's intense too. Like I mean, like we had a really amazing trip, but like, like you we're, you work for it, you work you know? for it, and you're definitely like hi- like kind of like hyper aware. Oh, yeah. all the time of like, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to fall, I don't want to, like I, don't I cut I, myself, I don't, you know. I mean, just one tiny example: the night before, the very first night. When we, I, I had been dealing with some like back issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was, I started working out a ton for this hunt, probably a year before it, and maybe about like six months before the hunt, I uh, just did something that tweaked my back just mm-hmm. a little bit, and I would deal with these like occasional back flare-ups in my lower back where like it would just like. You know, kind of like take your breath away a little bit, you know, like that that kind of like sharp, just stinging pain. And I had been probably like going without any of those like air quote episodes for like the longest time. Sure enough, first night, very first night, I'm dealing with that, you know. So it's like you you definitely like there there's parts of it where you're just like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. I just want to get through it. And then there's other parts of it where you're like, I never want this to end. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's awesome. Yep. And it was steep too. When we landed, now we're kind of like, you know, I was like, I don't know if there's a way up. Mm-hmm. Like that was one of my initial thoughts. Yeah. I don't know if you guys were thinking that at all, but I was like, looking around, I'm like, we we're going to find a way to get up there. <laughs> one way or another, one way or another. So, uh, I mean, just the, the energy that you guys used to tell the story I don't think I need to ask it, but I will. I mean, is this a, is this a hunt that you would recommend? I will be back. Absolutely. I would recommend anybody that it's it's you don't want to sell it too hard, right? But it's like one of those things where it is I I was I I remember learning about Kodiak. I was 10 years old fishing in Boulder Junction, Wisconsin with my dad. Mm-hmm. We were camping and we got rained out of our campsite. And had to go get a hotel in town. Mm-hmm. And my dad picked up an Outdoor Life magazine that was, like, in the lobby. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, just reading through it. We were waiting for my uh, the guys we were fishing with to meet us down there for, like, continental breakfast. And he uh, had me read this, like, story about Kodiak Island. And I'm like, man, that place sounds incredible. Like, I'll never see that. Yeah. And got to see it. Yeah. Like, coolest thing ever. That's awesome, man. I, I, I like... Highly recommend, you know, anybody do an Alaska trip, right? Like just everything about whether, you know, you do deer or even just a fishing trip or, um, you know, care, whatever. But also like, 
it is – and I'm saying this because, like, I have, like, the utmost respect for that place. Mm-hmm. And, for, like, as much as I love it, like, like it does – like I, there's I it carries for at least for me personally like a level of like like anxiety a little bit or not you know um, anxiety would don't be, take it lightly yeah don't take it lightly yeah I mean it's a very serious place yeah right and so you you better have you know your fitness in check you better have your gear in check you better have um you better be pretty you should be and it's really just for safety right it's not yeah. like well I'm respect not, I'm not, it you, you know you, you gotta to, respect it yeah because it's yep. a very it's a very real place. And yeah. it becomes a heck of a lot more real when that plane drops you off and leaves. Yeah, because yeah. all you have is you, your gear, the gear that you brought, and your buddies. Like that, that that's it. Like, yeah, that's really all you have to depend on. So it better be dialed. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So there's that. I mean, that's one hell of a story. I uh, I'm jealous. I want to go do it. Um, I I think I have to ask this question just for the people. What is What's the the cost of something like this? Mm-hmm. I mean, we had this epic story, airplanes, mm-hmm. trips, gear, yep. you know, all back and forth. That's a lot of travel, especially yeah. in today's world. So we factored this cost without gear, assuming you're using gear that you already have. Mm-hmm. Like you've already got your backpack, you've already got your rain gear, you've already got your puffy jacket, your boots, your all the things that you yep. need to go hunting again. Mm-hmm. Yep. We landed on between thirty five hundred and I think four thousand per person. Okay, which that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, that is way cheaper than I thought you were gonna it, say. And that is like myself included. I, when I say that, it's like holy cow! How like it? You know, how is that possible? But it is. It this hunt is much more doable than people think. Yeah. Um, you know, you might stay in a crummy hotel. When you're waiting for to go out, you might not be going out to the nicest restaurant and, you know, glamming it up like when you're trying, if you're trying to pinch pennies. Um, what did the tag itself cost? Oh, gosh. I want to say there were 350 a, a tag or something like that. Don't don't quote me on that. I mean, that. like, obviously check your regs because stuff yeah. can change, but I think locking tags... Or like your deer tag was three hundred, and then I think your uh, your hunting license was like a buck fifty or a buck sixty or something, like that. Some, yeah. somewhere in there. So you know you're, you're into it for three, four, you know, close yeah. to five hundred bucks for. Yeah, and that's that'd be one, so one deer tag. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So travel from Wisconsin to Alaska, um, and then travel from while you're in Alaska to your actually hunting location, and that's basically the rest of it. And that's the big one. Yeah, is the the is Mark you call it the small plane ride like the bush plane the float plane that's that's the big cost yeah what did what did your ticket cost from wisconsin to alaska Mm. i don't recall like 500 i'd plan for a minimum of five yeah but when i when and this would have been even this would have been many years ago um my flight to kodiak on my commercial flight was a g really wow and so it just depends yeah and then the the small the small plane for that's probably based off of the group and then you split that mm-hmm. for and it, it'll depend on what hunt like so yeah i'd say yes for this hunt yeah. you know but um other hunts it's going to be a per person thing yeah you know so yeah yeah and i guess that also depends on like what plane you're into like if you're cubbing it in mm-hmm. you know to go on like a caribou hunt like 
each guy's gonna cough up, you know, the money to go on that plane. Yeah. So, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Well, gentlemen, uh, awesome story, awesome memories. Appreciate you guys taking uh, time out of your day to, to tell it, and uh, good luck this upcoming season. And there's, yeah. there's more v- adventures coming, right? Yeah. Yeah. If people want to watch this thing. I mean, it'll be going out on the Vortex YouTube channel. Uh, we'll get you a date, but it'll be like. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode in the books. Huge shout out to the guys at Vortex. Huge shout out to the entire team for taking time out of their day to, uh, you know, to do this, to put me up. And uh, I really appreciate Vortex and everything they've they've done in this this relationship that we've built. Um, bah, 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 bah. Oh, be sure to check out the Hunting Gear podcast this week that launches. It's going to launch on Thursday or Friday, I believe. And that is. Uh, a vortex optics themed hunting gear podcast where we talk about all of the new products that they have launched within the last 365 days so within the last year and so there's a ton of inf- uh, great information about products on that podcast um, if you're a gear nut or an optics nut I- i'm sure you'll enjoy other than that man uh it's summertime i'm i'm behind the eight ball i'm already late i i have my uh, i don't have any trail cameras out right now i don't have any trail cameras out right now so I'm really looking forward to getting my trail cameras out, start taking inventory of the, the, the bucks that are around. Hopefully the big boys stick around so that I have something to chase in the fall. Uh, good luck to you and everything that you're trying to get done, whether that's a honey-do list or it is a, uh, uh, you know, just getting your bow tuned or whatever trail cameras out, whatever it is that you're trying to get accomplished before the fall. Good luck. Good vibes in, good vibes out. And if you're going to be in a tree, wear your damn safety harness. Have a good day.